Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Craig Doyle, and we're in Texas following the third race of the season at the Circuit of the Americas. Here is how it was won. One more turn then for Mark Marquez as he enters the pit straight. 23-year-old Mark Marquez will win the Americas Grand Prix in front of Jorge Lorenzo, and that is a class finish for a class ride on a dominant motorcycle. Lorenzo gets second place. We wait for Andrea Iannone to come home in third place on the back wheel quality finish from him as well coming up the views of Colin Edwards Neil Hodgson Gavin Emmett and all the protagonists from race day but first let's hear from Julian Ryder and Keith Ewan where do you want to start mate well let's start at the beginning of Moto Grand Prix and the Rossi crash Rossi we saw Lorenzo have a similar problem in warm up yep. uh, lost the front end racetrack seems to have lost some condition overnight the weather is much different today when we came in this morning it was windy and cold coldest it's been track temperature was the coldest it's been um but it still felt humid it's had a, an odd feel it felt like there was water in the air well, just waiting to come out and rain yeah was there do you think there was some dew down or something like that well, or was it just temperature well there was certainly a lorenzo down which was really yeah. unexpected where he did it quick part of the track and just a couple of corners further on from where rossi did it in the race Valentino looks shocked. I mean, uh, the Yamaha will be analysing this. What we've got to bear in mind is there's a lot of unknowns that have gone on that they've had, all teams have had to deal with this weekend. Tyres, no one has done a full race distance on tyres. No one had really worked into the tyres. There's no data for being able to... And you only have to look at the different configurations of tyres, front yep. and rear, that were used in the race. Every, every com combination was used just about. Michelin has a bigger overlap of tyre compound that seems to work. So, you know, even yes. though it's not to say that those that were on the softer tyre were wrong from those that were on the medium or, or vice versa. Yep. It just might mean that for their manufacturer, their type of bike, their setup, it worked better. But for Yamaha this weekend, we've seen two unexpected expected crashes the Danny Pedrosa crash was just that rattled you didn't it it did because it looked to me like he was just in a bit hot but then the bike reacted in a way that I don't think any rider can have expected no. it to react in I, I think that he was in hot I think Dovey being out wide into turn one probably took his eye line but he was in there hot anyway but then the bike did something I've never seen before it was almost like a rodeo it pitched him over the front so some odd stuff, but I, I'm, I'm going to walk down pit lane in a minute with you. Yeah, yeah. and we'll 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 see if what, we can decipher some of these things. Was it over the crest? Did he lock the front over the crest? Hundred percent, it would have been. It's a difficult corner. When you come into that corner, if you can imagine at home, 
it's like riding up. You're riding, so it's trying to push you into the tank, and then you get to the top, and you're starting to trail brake. You roll as you you rock hard on the brakes, and then all of a sudden, and it's trying to push you into the tank, and then you roll off the brake as you get to the top, and you're releasing the brake as you come over the crest of the hill and start to pitch in for mm. the for the apex. Which means that if you've got a little bit too much brake on, as Danny had, he got it so it locked and hopped. And then it just reacted and, uh, in a way he couldn't recover yeah, from. And then it was a rodeo, wasn't it? Completely. It, it really was. So unfortunate for him as well. I mean, there, there have been a lot of weird crashes here. I mean, the, the incident down the bottom of the, of the track over on Turn 11, I think it was, where, where Bradley and Cow went down. I mean, again, trail breaking into a corner. You've got to remember that most of these riders are used to Bridgestone tyres, which means that they relied on that front-end grip into that braking area more than anybody could ever imagine. It was the place where all the time was picked up. So are you saying that their natural reaction is to revert to Bridgestone brain? Well... Still. A lot of motorcycle racing is done on faith. Of course. Um, and, and on the fact that you've got that muscle memory of, of how much you're squeezing it into there. Cow might have been out a little wider. Um, funny thing is, of course, they were in that similar position before. Yeah. They were accelerating both personally. But Cow's little skip that he did when he thought Brad was coming for him... Uh, I suppose was quite funny, so uh, luckily... Well, only funny because no-one was hurt, obviously, yeah, Absolutely. indeed. Mind you, we ended up, Keith, with three different makes of bike on the, on the rostrum. Yeah, a long way apart, though. And they, were, and they were able to manage each machine, because they were so far apart, they weren't fighting with each other, so they could oh. manage their own individual problems with each bike, and I think that's... That, at the end of the day, has given them the data, given them an opportunity, and now all the teams will go back and uh, press reset for Hareth. And two Suzukis in the Mag top five. Now, there is something we can really be cheerful about. Yeah, that's, that's my, you know, Philip, if you like, that's my major yep. part of this weekend. To see two Suzukis um, right in the hunt, both riders, quality-looking bikes, no wings, traditional <laughs> Thank you, bikes. God. Um, and, and out of all the manufacturers, yep. they, are, they are the kiddies. I mean, there were not two, two other, you know, no, there weren't two Repsol Hondas up there, there nope. weren't two uh, M1 Yamahas up there, and there weren't two Ducatis up there, but there no, were the, two the, Suzuki's. The, the other, the partners of the three on the rostrum, on the floor. But Suzuki yeah. got both works bikes home. Good result. And you can see, a, did I detect a little tear in the eye of Davide Brivio? I think even the old boy was a little emotional about that. A lot of work that team have put in. And, and also, you've got to remember how much effort there's been between Argentina and here. Yes. It's been a nightmare to get here. Yes. Everybody's been working late. Everybody's, you know, knackered. Yeah, that's the good word. Uh, Suzuki's best result as a team since 07 at Mizano with Vermeulen and Hopkins, who both got on the rostrum. So many stats with regard to Suzuki. Yeah. The history of Suzuki is fantastic. I mean, I'm a bit of a Suzuki man, so... It, well, yeah, yeah. Declaration of interest, Mr Hewan was a factory Suzuki rider in his youth. What about Moto2? Sam, very mature ride for him again. Uh, top of the championship, front row start every race... His bad luck is come up against a near-perfect Zarco a week ago and a near-perfect Rins this week. But it's Sam on the rostrum again, on the front row again. Keep doing that. He'll be there in the final it's countdown good, for good, the championship. It's a good point you make, a very good point you make. The two people that have beaten him, really, if that inconsistency continues for race wins, he can run along all day long in second place grabbing the points. So great for him. What about Moto3? Well, doing the binder. Mm. as uh, we currently think of it, because Brad Binder, three rostrums, and has kept the championship lead in Moto3, I'm, my memory says. Don't ask me. It's I'm blur. pretty sure it was. The old goldfish bowl will come round again in a minute. Can't wait to get to Europe, though. Hareth <sighs> next up, and that's really... I mean, we've had those three 
odd rounds, we say. Qatar yeah. under the light. No data. Argentina, no data whatsoever that was of any use. Here, yeah, no data. No data. But when we get to Jerez, everybody's on territory they know about, and they're yeah. all going to be fit and raring to go. And this is when you expect the factory boys really to get their acts together. The first test of the year is the Monday after Jerez, when we really will know if they've thrown some fixes in. Can't wait. Jack Miller, can I just apologise for your bad language? If I get out of the way now, I don't have to do it throughout the next hour. <laughs> I promise I won't do any more of that. <laughs> um, uh, we'll allow you a bit of, bit of a bad mood because you've had a, a rough all weekend. You should have been racing today, obviously, and um, that injury picked up in, in practice just uh, just too much, too much pain. Tell us about it. Yeah, just uh, like you say, got got the best of me. I uh, I just you know was having a coming off a high off last weekend. You know we had great speed, of course, a few too many crashes, and then. When we came here, we had uh, some problems with the uh, with the first bike. It was leaking a little bit of oil, so we jumped on the second bike and swapped a rear tire, a new rear tire in, because we were just worried about the other one. And I went out and on the outlap, and you know, by the time I got around the lap part of the track, I thought I'd scrubbed in the tire enough, but it just wasn't enough. The tire was a little bit cold, and sent me to uh, get some frequent flyer points. So. <laughs> But the lads often talk about crashes that you know you're going to have and crashes that kind of surprise you a bit. Which one was that? That one was definitely one that surprised me. You know, I was uh, really fortunate just to come away with the with the foot. You know, I was lucky. It was the first time, you know, I've had a high side on the GP bike and as soon as I left the seat, the airbag poof, exploded and everything like that. So it was definitely a cool sensation to know, you know, when you're flying through the air, it feels like an eternity. A man, I look it on the, on the thing, but it felt like an eternity. And you know that, you know, you got a little bit of cushioning between yourself and the and the asphalt when you land, so I definitely can't thank those guys enough. Just tell the folks at home that's you banging your microphone on the table. It's it? not your knee cracking from the injury. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing like that. I'm not too great at these things. You're doing very well indeed. Tell me about the injury. What's up with you? Yeah, I uh, broke a couple of little bones in the foot, but that's not really what's given me too much grief. It's the the ongoing injury that I had in off the off season. It's uh, the plates that I've got. You know, just the impact of smacking them is. All the plates seemed to be in the right position, but it just could have tweaked a screw a little bit or this, that, the other, and it just, poof, the whole whole leg's blowing up like a balloon. I mean... What you reckon? What, is what it is. What, what, how long are you going to be out for? What do you think? I'll be back in Jerez for sure. We're going to keep working a heap with physio this week. I'm going to stay here in the States and keep working with some physio and then head head, head back to you over that side of the world uh, at the end of the week. It's interesting you say your first high side on a MotoGP bike and anyone out there has ridden a motorbike. You know you're going to have some kind of spill at some stage. And when it comes, you kind of feel a little bit better that it's actually happened. <laughs> it's possibly the same on the big bikes too. I don't, in this competitive I don't like any of that happening, to be honest. <laughs> I've been hanging out with Keanu Reeves. I'm feeling good right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but the uh, no, it was a big hit. I mean, it was huge. And nothing else, just the foot, no head, no, no dinging or anything. Yeah, that. like I said, I mean, I landed pretty bad on my back, and just just like as soon as I left the seat, it just poof, exploded, and I landed on that, and it was fine. You know, it was just the uh, just the initial when my legs came over, they sort of whipped the ground like yeah. that, and of course my good legs perfect, but the other leg sort of caught the most. Uh, the most so impact it swole up and you ended up putting your foot back in a boot to try and ride yeah i rode the fp2 and then also fp3 i rode without painkillers or anything like that but i was yeah. struggling to do more than a lap and even that lap i mean getting hanging out off the off the right side was just near on impossible the foot kept dragging on the ground i wasn't able to use the lean angle that i wanted yeah. to and then yeah in the in fp4 we tried to do the injection just to see if it had numbed it down and it just numbed it down but it didn't really 
the pain's in the bone sort of thing. It's not, it's not skin, so it uh, didn't really help. So we thought better just to leave it out this weekend and, uh, and yeah, get on the men for, 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 for the rest of the season. Well, fair play for your bravery for giving it a go. We've we got to applaud you for that. Um, you did get to watch the race. You got to watch the start. So uh, let's pick our way through the, the, the bones of the race, shall we? And uh, let's look at the start, Jack. What was your take on it? It was a pretty good start, I think. Everyone sort of got away cleanly. There's no, you know, here's always a special one at turn one because it's so tight, as you saw with Danny and Dovi later on in the race. But uh, yeah, everyone got away pretty cleanly. It was, uh, it was, yeah, a reasonable start. Um, that first corner is wicked, though, isn't it? It really is. It is. It's tight. There. It's not. It's not the the best design on a first corner. Let's say <laughs> you would like something a little bit more wide open. Especially then after you know a funnels into that really fast section, and and as you saw with. Uh, with Mark was okay because he went in there in front. He was leading the train, so he was fine. But Lorenzo and uh, Rossi went in there side by side. And once they went in there side by side, one's missed the, the line. And, and it just gave Marquez already, you know, half a second advantage because they were offline all the way through that section. So you're just chasing your, your butt the whole way through. And trouble offline around here. It can get a little bit, you know, uh, a bit slippy. And maybe that's what happened Valentino Rossi there. We haven't seen him fall in a race since, I think it's Aragon in 2014. It's a, it's a rare sight. Talk us through it, Colin. What do you think happened? I've done the same thing in, in Malaysia. I'm sure you've crashed the same way. Yeah, and just, as you see, he was just a little bit. I was watching on the thing earlier and he was just, he started the corner a lot more from the inside, sort of drifted wide off turn one maybe you run wide there and then still tried to commit to turn two offline a little bit and yeah you just see he was having to ask a little bit too much a little bit like what happened to me last weekend i just asked a little bit too much at the angle were you able to test the hard and the soft i front test tires? i tested the i didn't we didn't even bother with the hard everyone okay. said it was no good so we tried the soft and then we tried the medium which is the i think it's the 36x the medium yeah and I, th I don't think anyone used the hard, but the X, I liked it more. But um, I'm really surprised that Mark made the, you know, was, was so strong the yeah. whole way through the race with the soft on the front. Because yeah. the Honda is such a, a you know, you're, so, you're forcing the front end of the bike a whole heap, you know, trying to stop the bike down the back straight yeah. is... It's hectic on the front tire. And I think Valentino used the medium one. Yeah, he Would used that have had anything to do with the crash, you think? A lap and a half. I mean, I know, in. I know a lot of the guys were sa were struggling to to, like you say, get them up to heat. I yeah. know that it was taking a little bit longer, and it could have been a factor in it. You know, um, I don't know who else. I didn't quite get to see who else ran the the medium option. It was a, it was a mixed bag actually. Maver up and down Maverick the grid, might listeners. have run it as well, I think. But as you yeah. saw, his first laps also weren't that great, so it could yeah. have could have very well been something to do with the tires. How, how do you think uh, Michelin have fared this weekend after last week? Uh, really good. You know, we. Uh, uh, on the first day, we only had the soft rear tire, so I didn't get to tr the 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 hard tire was bought in on yeah. uh, on Saturday, so the bowling I ball. didn't get to yeah exactly <laughs> I didn't get to try that, but uh, no, I mean I've been really happy with the Michelin uh, with the Michelin so far, especially with our bike. The Honda seems to cope well. The only ones who seem to be having a little bit of problem with it is the Ducatis and. And it's not only the Ducatis, but it's your bigger guys. You know, Scott and Baz have both had problems with the tire, with the tire coming apart. And I think it's to do with the mechanical grip of the Ducati. I mean, it's got great mechanical grip. It's got more horsepower than every other bike, and then you know, it's okay. got a heavier guy. So what are you kicking you're, you're on that theory too, because we're kind of on the same. You know, taller guys, yeah. most powerful bike. That's the only two bikes that have had a problem. So we're kind of on the same page. I mean, our Honda, we're struggling at the moment with that first initial touch. The thing just spins at, 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 as soon as you get on the gas, you know. So we're not really forcing the tire enough. Whereas the Ducati has, you watch them come out of a corner and they just track the whole way, you know. And it's just they're just putting so much more force on the tire. And 
I mean, Michelin have got to cope. I mean, Ducati are really lucky that they've got that problem, and uh, Michelin are sure got to try and cope for that. But I mean, they're doing a great job, you know, for coming in after so many years out of the uh, championship. It's been it's been awesome. I think it's all to do with the. The old man's testing over here. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> Very old man. Um, they haven't had so much luck. Certainly, half the team hasn't had so much luck. Andrea Davizioso again today, and poor old Danny Pedrosa. Such a lovely guy, a real gentleman, and uh, it was just a tough one on Davi today, wasn't it? Wrong place, wrong time, you know. And I think, what's your take on what happened to Danny? You think it just got in there hot? Something yeah. happened to the biker? Or was... Yeah, as you come over the top of the hill, you know, this track's a hard track to set up for the bike. You're braking right into the face of the hill, so you're putting so much load on the tyre and on the forks. Yeah. And as you come over the top of the rise, the front wheel tends to lock, so you almost have to start to release pressure as you get to the top, but you're still trying to stop. And I, I, that's what I think. He's just locked it a little bit, and then he's seen that he's heading towards Dobby, so he's kept trying to brake more and more, and every time he's doing it's just getting... Looser and looser, and yeah, it was just unfortunate. I mean, I can't, I can't feel for those guys enough because. And he's such a lovely fellow. Exactly. We're looking to spend some time with him due to delayed flights from Argentina. And look at him over there. Apologies made, and that's the way and to do it, Jack, isn't it? Exactly. That's how you sort problems out. Exactly, that's how it should be. You know, uh, I mean, it was nobody's fault there. Dovi was in the wrong place. He'd run wide, so I mean, he was in the wrong place, wrong time, and and Danny just crashed. I mean, he couldn't help it. I, I think he would have crashed whether or not. Uh, Dovi was there, so I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. it's racing. That's racing. Well, you know, it was uh, it was Danny this week. It was uh, it was uh, Ian Nona last week. Uh, oh my word, what a hard time they've had. Let's hear from Andrea. Andrea, congratulations! Finally putting some points on the board. Finally getting onto the podium as well. After Argentina, how important was this result? Yeah, it is very important for us. <laughs> But also it's very difficult to manage the race because uh, the condition is very, very difficult. Uh, everybody, every, every, every rider uh, arrive uh, very long on the, on the corner, in the, in the breaking point. Because, so, I don't know. The condition is different compared to, to yesterday and, and also compared to the warm-up this morning. But uh, so for us it's very important uh, to stay on the podium, uh, especially because uh, the first race uh, is very, very difficult for us. And uh, this is a very good reaction uh, after a disaster on, in Argentina. And I want to dedicate this podium at all people in Ducati and uh, all my team because uh, so it's third position. But uh, for me at the moment and for us it's very important. Yeah, that dedication is just one large apology, isn't it, basically for last week, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, he still feels pretty bad. I know <laughs> very well how he feels. I mean, I took out my teammate last year and there's nothing worse than taking out the guy in the box next year. I mean, uh, I still, you know, apologising to Cal for that one. What's it like when that happens? I remember that moment last year so well. I mean, you're dreading getting back to your pit box, I'd imagine, right? <laughs> Tail yeah. between the legs Tail a little bit. <laughs> definitely, yeah. Tails between your legs. Heads, it's very low, but, uh, I mean, Cal took it awesome. I mean, him and I, I think sort of made us become more friends I think it, it, it helped our friendship no but uh, and again yeah some tough luck for him again today I mean uh, similar thing like Danny I think he just saw he was closing in too much on Scott a little bit and locked the front same thing I think that seemed to be a thing this weekend yeah he finished 16th today Bradley Smith finishing 17th not so bad when you look at the crash I mean they had to fight their way all the way back in just thank goodness they got themselves back in the bikes Bradley said he thought there was something on the track because five laps after he said he hit the same spot which I don't know but you know he said he I mean we do know there was an oil spill yesterday yeah. and you never know it could be something a spot on the track but 
it's hard to say. I think that for me, my, my take on the thing is Cal was just coming a little bit too close to, to Scott and just tried to slow it down a little bit, maybe a little bit too much, just lost the front. And then Bradley might have seen that happen and also grabbed a little bit too much front brake. But you never know. I mean, uh, like, like you say, it's right in that section where there was an oil spill last uh, yesterday, so it could have been that well, as you well. You know, Haji might be able to shed a bit of light on this. Haji. Cal, honestly, I really feel for you. I know you've uh, been having a good weekend. Obviously, the racing go according to plan. I spoke to Bradley. He said he thinks he hit something on the track. So he was slightly offline. You on the same line. Tell us about it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, honestly, all I know is I crashed. Uh, my own mistake. Whether there was something on the track or not, I don't know. But um, I finished the race. I haven't finished the race this year, so we finished it. But it was just, we had a little tip off in the middle of it. Uh, of course, not pleased, not happy. Um, I had the pace to to be in the top five today, no doubt about that, even when we got back going again. Um, I had some problem with the bike, the handlebar was bent, and you know we did a good job to finish the race, but um, it's not good enough at the minute, and it's as simple as that. Uh, I'm pushing too hard in the race and trying to ride these Michelins probably a little bit wrong because we have no acceleration. We know the factory team have got some some parts for this at the moment, and they're now gaining in the, in the straight a lot more than what we are. Um, they're able to to break a little bit earlier and not take the risk with the front and we're taking the risk with the front and this is what's happened today so um, yeah of course not happy um, my team are they're fine I told you the other day they didn't care what what happened we had to go out there and try and do our best and uh, I felt we were getting held up at that time I was probably a little bit impatient because we were so slow compared to Scott in the straight line and on the acceleration um, I don't I didn't break deep I just was a little bit out um, and crashed some yeah you know it's uh Disappointing, but we have to go to the next one and, uh, you know, regroup and try again. T tell us about the next one. It's a different sort of track, a lot more flowing. I'm guessing the issues of acceleration shouldn't be as bad at that track. Am I right? Or I guess coming out the last corner, you might be affected a bit. Yeah, but it seems fourth and fifth gear where we're struggling, you know, where we're really struggling anyway. Um, and also for, for rear grip on the first initial part. Um, Mark wasn't struggling today, we know that. Um, but as I said, he's really special and he's riding the bike very, very well. Um, I think we're riding the bike as the next best Honda. I really do. Um, but we need to we need to finish, and yeah. at the moment we haven't. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, you rest up. I know your foot's killing you. You get back to the Isle of Man, put that foot, foot up, and uh, we'll see you in Spain. Cheers, thanks, guys. It's a really good round three of the 2016 championship, a round in which Marc Marquez absolutely dominated proceedings all the way through practice, qualifying, and then, of course, come race day. A well-deserved wheelie. He was absolutely sensational today. We know you're taking Marquez. I'll get you to repeat it in just a moment. But, Jack, why is he doing so well here? What is it that suits him? I think, you know, it's a, it's a combination of the two. You know, the track really suits him, and, of course... After you've won here, you know, three times in a row, it's always you're always looking forward to it. That so one track, you're like, geez, I can't wait to get back to. And I think that's that's sort of something he's it's got to do with it. But I mean, yeah, like you say, you watch the guy all weekend. He's phenomenal here. What he what he does is just he's got something special here. I don't know what it is. Do you know what's interesting though? You mentioned two things. You didn't mention the bike. It's not the Honda. And and all the guys have been saying that all weekend. It's almost the man beating the machine to win here. Is that how you view it? A little bit. I mean, we're all on the same bike, sort of, you know. So uh, I definitely think that, uh, you know, Mark's riding the thing. I, I'm riding a similar bike, and I, I know how hard it is. And, uh, yeah, the stuff he's doing on it to be that consistent and, you know, over the 21 laps just to be bang, 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 bang. On a thing, it's an animal, let's be honest. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not, not the easiest bike to ride, and he's, he's making it look easy, especially around here. So, uh, 
no, I have to, you got to take your hat off to it. I mean, it's like you say, it's been awesome all weekend, great to watch, and it always is here. All that talk of acceleration issues too can be quite stop-starty here. Didn't see any of that, did you? Not with him, anyway. It didn't seem to upset him, no. he's. Uh, and, you know, Cal said when he went from the Yamaha to the Honda, he said the Honda, for an outright lap, he could probably go quicker. But it was not as easy to ride as the Yamaha. Like, you had to squeeze that extra bit out of it. That's the thing. I, my, my big take on the thing is, you know, I've ridden... I haven't ridden that many bikes. I've ridden Moto3, 125, and MotoGP, that's it, and the Honda. And I mean, just to, to do the consistency, like I had, for example, with your Moto3, to hit the same line every lap and the same speed, is, it's hard, you know, because you got this, everything happening, the shaking and everything like that, I mean, and he just seems to manage it, so. Uh, Gas thing is, I don't know if he hits the same line every time, because he can be a bit <laughs> wild at times, but he just manages it. He really is a fantastic rider to watch. Let's hear from him now. Big smile on Mark Marcus's face. Another win here in the US. You're going to be asking for citizenship too. <laughs> so you'll be an American because you just love it here, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really happy with the, with the race, with the weekend, no? Uh, just, uh, we were really competitive during all weekend. Uh, on the warm-up, I tried a different front tire, uh, the same that uh, everybody was using. But uh, I didn't feel good, so I want to thank also to, to Michelin guys because they helped me to take the decision. Uh, and they, they say to me, until lap 12, 15, the tire will be okay, then we will see. And it was like this, until lap 12, the tire was perfect, but after it was completely destroyed, but I, I was able to manage well and happy with my fourth victory here in, in Austin. I'm not surprised you kept pulling away. You kept improving your lap times all the time. You're leading the championship now with a, a good, comfortable margin. So going back to Jerez, that's got to be even more exciting for you, getting to your home race. <laughs> yeah, of course, really happy no? with this small advantage that we have, that, OK, we are on the third race, but at the moment we have already 21 points. So this is uh, really important for, for, for me, for the team, because uh, just two months ago, before we started the championship, we said, OK, we will see how many, if we can stay there in front, but uh, it was really difficult. Uh, and now we are leading. Okay, the other guy, the other riders did a few mistakes, but uh, okay, you must to be there. And now in Europe, uh, we will see, because I think Jorge will be really strong, but uh, we will try to, to manage well. Uh, the, this distance, this small distance in the championship, and check in which circuit we can go fast, or in which circuit we, not, we need to take points. Right, we have one legend here, but we also have a, a, an absolute American racing legend. He is a former 500cc world champion. He's Kevin Swanson. He's with our Haji. Well, Kevin, we had a chat last night, and I've got to say, I was right and you was wrong. You thought there was going to be an upset today. You wasn't too confident Mark was going to pull it off. You know, I really did. I um, I felt like he was great in practice and qualifying, but for some reason, I I had a feeling that the one of the Ducatis was going to get to the front, and I actually chose the four, but. Um, Marquez must have told his teammate to take care of that. So <laughs> I know it wasn't intentional, and I'm just glad that both guys got up and walked away. And, you know, Mark Marquez continues to amaze me. He's, uh, he's undefeated in the United States of America in Moto2, Moto GP, everything that he's raced. So, uh, you know, the kid's got speed, and he's finding some consistency and some maturity. It's incredible. He sort of rides a bike very similar to you, incredibly loose, slides a bike a lot. Yeah, we see him get his elbow down, you with more old school riding style. But, you know, you know the way he rides a bike. It's sort of, I don't know, the, the bike has given him a lot of feedback. Is that something that you, if you were trying to teach young kids, that's how you're trying to, you know, like, or are you more like, you've got to ride like the Lorenzo style? You know, I, I always believe that it's ride the bike the way you're comfortable riding the bike. And if, 
it's a really electronically controlled bike like a modern day MotoGP bike is, I think you've got to get hung off of things that far. Yeah. Something more old school, maybe a, maybe a vintage bike, maybe an old Grand Prix bike. I think you need to be more upright on top of the thing. You need to be able to react to movements underneath you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all about getting feedback and feel from the bike. And I always felt like the best thing to do as a racer was to try and go out and just run around on tires until they just wouldn't, wouldn't last any longer and, and get a feel for it sliding and pushing and moving and all that, that looseness that you speak of. Well, Kev, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully we'll see you at one of the European rounds soon. Thanks, Neil. It's interesting he talks about Mark Marquez finding consistency, but maturity, I mean, the guy's a, the guy's a double world champion, you know, so he, uh, he should have that already. But do you see him growing into a different kind of rider around the, around the paddock, around the team rooms? I think he's still as, uh, as crazy as he always was. I think you can see that still in the riding style and stuff like that. I think he's... Uh, no, but I think, like you say, he might be trying, uh, might be finding, I think we, we saw it at the end of last year, you know, a lot less, uh, I mean, apart from the, uh, the incident with Valet, a lot less crashes last year. So, I mean, uh, I, I think he's, he's, he's turning into maybe, maybe a more mature rider, but uh, also understanding a little bit more, I think, is, is more the key, something I'm looking for. I'm gonna, It'll come. It will come. I'm going to tell you something. You oh. can't ask a rider who's racing against the guy you're asking about. You understand what I'm saying? Why not? I mean, because he wants to beat him. He wants to pummel Marquez every chance he gets. And you're asking, hey, how good is Marquez? <laughs> Colin, you haven't seen me doing rugby. I'll ask whatever the heck I want. <laughs> I believe you're a brave, it. braver man than I am asking the rugby boys that. <laughs> Your take on Mark Marquez and his growth? Uh, no, nah, I think obviously he's mature. And, you know, I mean, he's... Uh, He's won championships, but I mean, now it's just a matter of plugging away. And if it doesn't come, like at Qatar, I think Qatar was, instead of forcing the issue, you know, take the points and uh, let's move on. Well, Scott Redding is moving on very nicely indeed. He uh, started 10th on the grid, but piloted his Ducati to sixth place. Top independent rider. Let's hear from him now. Scott, great job there to, today. Sixth in the race, but top independent as well. Uh, how did it feel for you? I'm just having a look already at your knee slider down there. What went on? Well, it wasn't really the best uh, end of race that I wanted, should I say. The start was good. I didn't make mistakes. Like I said before the race, I want to get a good start. Getting a rhythm was good. Pace was not bad. Uh, but I struggled all weekend in the last two sectors. Um, and in the race, I didn't want to stress too much the tyre to try and recover it. Um, so I did what I could do. And then about, I think it was seven, eight laps to go, I lost the, the front in turn four. Um, and then I knew the tyre was gone. Every time I went in the right side, tried to take angle, was closing. I tried to spin first the tyre to take the weight off, and it was still closing. So I was like, what am I going to do, you know? So then the slider was destroyed, so I was trying two or three laps. I was pushing a lot on my knee, and then I destroyed the slider. So I tried to just not take so much lean angle. Then the guys were catching. So I had to think a bit fast, what can I do? So I just started to make faster in the left corners, tried to just take more limiting left and recover in the right um, and just bring it home. Yeah, good day for Scott. Yeah, yeah, really good. I was impressed with him. He rode really good all weekend. I think he's building confidence and he's just getting faster and faster week by week. Okay, um, we'll talk to you again in a second, but we do want to hear from Jorge Lorenzo. Let's hear his thoughts now. Jorge, congratulations on second. We know that both Argentina and Austin aren't tracks that have traditionally gone too well for you so to bring home 20 points how important is that after Argentina? Yeah really really important not to, to finish the race to, to get these 20 points because after the crash in high speed in the in the morning was really difficult no mentally to get convinced and to forget the bad feelings and this is what I, I try to do in, in 
through the warm-up to the race in these two or three hours, try to convince myself that I could make a, a good race and, and ride well. But it was difficult, it was difficult because, you know, a little bit with the track slippery, a little bit with this very hard rear tyre and, and the full tank, it was difficult to stop, especially on braking. I make some mistakes that normally I don't do in the first lap. Uh, but, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't keep the, the pace of, of uh, Mark because uh, he was making the difference this weekend and also on the race. But I, I was fast enough to, to stay in second place, to, to finish the race, because we saw that uh, it was difficult to keep on the bike with so many crashes. But, you know, uh, today the important thing is, is was to, to finish, and I, I did it. Let's reflect now on Moto2. Alex Rins was the informed man coming into the race, but our very own Sam Lowe's was right on his tail. How did he fare? This is how we get on. Over the line, we're up to the top of the hill. Here comes Luti back on Nakagami. Here comes Corsi on the inside. Who will it be as they get to the apex? There is Zarko sweeping oh, the Corsi down has gone Nakagami. Corsi underneath him. And that's about as demonstrative as you're ever going to see. The checker flag then goes to the imperious Alex Rins here in Texas. Drop the good news. Sam Lowe's leads the championship by one point from Alex Rins. Well done, Julian. Do my job to be there. That's exactly what he does. Sam Lowe's, uh, after three rounds, 47 points. Alex Rins in second place in 46. Johan Zarco in third and 45. And Luthi there in 43. So this is going to be tight all the way through. Sam Lowe's joining us now. Well done, Sam. You had another good weekend from you. Um, must be nice to see that championship table, is it? Yeah, of course it's nice, but the, it's really close already. But after Qatar getting the ride through and already being leading the championship is, is really good for me. And uh, I was lucky there that they made a mistake as well. But in the end, it's uh, been two good weekends. It's heavy, these two races, and to come out of them with two podiums, I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah, enjoyed looking back at that race there and your guiding us through the various bits and bobs and dramas. Uh, what's your overview and how it went? I got a little bit boxed in at the start. It's, uh, it's a tough first corner here. He's one of them you come out of and uh, you come out of and you're not on the ground. You're quite happy, and uh, in the end, in the end, it was good. I, I lost a bit of time trying to, to pass Zarko in uh, Agata, and then uh, when I did, I made the gap up to to Rins quite okay. But then, uh, to be honest, I uh, I didn't have an answer for him. I could stay there, but I couldn't I couldn't catch or pass him. So uh, he deserved the win today, and uh, next time will be better. I'm just wondering, considering how tight the margins were between yourself and Alex, was there a temptation, or would the old Sam have just kind of gone for him? The old Sam would have probably caught up a lot closer and had a go to, to win, but it might have crashed. Especially with, I think it was it was either five or four laps to go. I can't quite remember, but I had a really big moment in the last corner and both my legs were off. I nearly, nearly went down, and I just thought to myself, it's too risky because you know he's got good pace, and to catch him and pass him would have been would have been too much. And, and it's better to get 20 points today. Is that the confidence you get from a bike that that you're happy with? You know that you're going to feature in every single round so maybe it's the bigger picture it's championship points it's the, it's the championship at the end of 18 rounds yeah definitely a lot more now we've been to a lot of different tracks you know with the first three plus testing and i've been faster at them all so i'm quite confident with the bike overall the package is a lot easier than what i've had before and uh, yeah i think in the back of my mind i know that we can go to heaven be fast and, and and be consistent you know we've had three races three front rows it's, it's, it's going in a good way it's interesting i don't want to speak for sam but you felt last year he was looking for some feel good you know by getting a big win just get some feel good in this team he, he doesn't need that this time out does he yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 come together. You got the right tools, and it's a lot easier to do it when you got the the tool shed is stacked, you know. So you can you can play with it, and you know this the race today. It seemed like Rince, 
you kind of accordion on them a little bit in the beginning yeah. once you got the second, and then it was just like a tenth, a tenth, two tenths, and a tenth, yeah. and it just, that margin just got a little bit bigger and a little bigger. Yeah, he had, he had like I said, he probably had a couple of attempts on me today, but it's a, it's a long lap. I was lost a lot in the first split, to be honest. I was struggling with change of direction, and yeah, he rode good. All weekend, he was a bit faster than me, same like Zarco was in, in uh, Argentina. So in the race, it was a fair result, and I, and I got the most out of it, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, Bradley told me it's some oil on, on the track. Did you see anything out there? Nah, for me, there's no, no problem. I think a little bit in a straight, but there's no problem. You flat out anyway. All right, so the fans out there want to know why, when you brake, why is the thing full lock sideways? Can you explain well, well, that? Well, it's because my eyes are closed <laughs> for a lot of the braking, so when I let the clutch out, no. Now, my style is not it's something I need to work on. I'm a little bit too aggressive with the clutch, but coming from a super sport background, I had a lot of electronics to help me. And now on this thing, I use it as a bit of a brake, but obviously it maybe works a tire a bit too much or it's not fantastic, but it's something I need to work on. <laughs> we, it, looks uh, good. it looks good. It we looks love the way you ride. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, congratulations. And we'll see you very Just soon fine. indeed Thanks. in the Chorus Tear. Right, let's hear from the race winner, Alex Rins. Alex, congratulations on your first win of the season. Does the season start today for you? <laughs> no, the season starts in, in Qatar for sure. The, the eighth, eighth position and, and fourth position from, from Argentina was, was good, no? But here we can get the, the, the victory. This uh, awesome, no? Here. I'm happy because we worked really hard from the, from the beginning of the, of the weekend. Uh, say thank you to, to all, the, all the team for working hard. Uh, and now I, I'm starting to, to enjoy the bike. Sam said he had a couple of front-end problems at the end of the race. How are you feeling? I don't know if, if he has problems, but he, he pushed really hard all the, all the race. Uh, I was thinking that maybe it was a little bit more, more fast the race, but, but finally we are riding at 10. Uh, this is uh, something strange, you know, but, but anyway, I'm happy for that. Happy for, for, for a stay on the front. Yeah, next. I'm sure you're looking forward to that one as well. Congratulations, <laughs> Alex. Yeah, and we're looking forward to watching race. What a lovely rider he is. A really, really good class this year, Moto2. It's going to be competitive all the way through, as is Moto3. They got us going this morning, Keith and Jules. We'll talk you through what happened. One more corner then to go for the young Italian. He brings the VR46 KTM to the line. Checker flag is out. Good stuff. Job well done, no doubt. Absolutely superb ride. Yeah, great to see Romano Fanati in the top step. We've watched him for so many years. Can be a consistent, but undoubtedly really, really talented. But just the Moto3 Championship so far proving consistency is key. Brad Binder, 52 points, just bagging those points every single round. Navarro in second place in 49. And Fanati, that big 25-pointer, getting them in third place on 38. Just a quick mention of Kyrule Powie, our winner last time out by 26 seconds. Didn't really feature this time out. Uh, I'm hoping that wasn't just one great performance from Powie because uh, he was exciting to watch. He's a young kid, you know, he's going to be there, he's learning. This track is a little difficult and he'll be there. He's coming. So, Brad Binder showing us that if you keep bagging those points, that's how you stay in the championship. We saw that from Johan Zarco last year as well. That maybe is what Romano Fanati needs to learn and has learned possibly. What do you think? Uh, yeah, a championship to win one is made up of all kinds of different races. Not all the weekends are going to go your way. Brad Binder had some big issues, ended up third on the podium. Uh, and still in the championship. Fanati, we never know with this guy. I mean, uh, he can qualify 18th and still come back and win the race, but he actually had a really good race today. And how about young Navarro, who's a talented young rider, lovely rider to watch as well. I mean, is that, are we looking at the guys who are going to battle for the championship here? Yeah, I think we are, you know, and uh, as we know, this track tends to distance guys out, you know, so there's not really any close, tight battle in all race long. 
Um, but Navarro, he'll, he's going to be there. Everyone's had a really, really good day. Great weekend racing, over 120,000 fans over the days of practice and qualifying and racing. So it seems there's a bit of a growth thing happening here. People are interested in motorbike racing in America, and that's really good news indeed. Neil Hodgson, how are you? What's good, good day. Really yeah, it good was day. good. What yeah, caught yeah. your eye today? What are we keeping an eye on? Well, we talked about turn one a lot. You know, a difficult corner, really steep. It flattens off. It's a hairpin corner. It's blind as you approach it. And there were quite a few incidents today, so... It's kind of an unfair corner, Colin, isn't it? It's weird. I don't like it. I never have liked it. And, and it's, uh, like he says, you go up top, you almost stop and then come back down. And uh, it's a recipe for disaster, especially starting a race there. If the riders don't like it, the fans and everyone at home tend to like it. Well, yeah, that's where most of the spectators were at Turn 1 watching the action. Obviously, that's where Danny Pedrosa ran into the back of Dovi as well. So uh, that was a different incident altogether. But... Uh, it's not a great corner for a rider. I wonder how Scott Redding feels about the corner. He's joined us now. Scott, how are you? Hey, well done today. Well done. Good Scott job. finishing Thank sixth you. today. Top independent rider out there. Um, congratulations. You must be thrilled. Yeah, I'm really happy. You know, going in the race, I said if I could do top eight, I would be really happy. Um, and we ended up sixth. So, you know, it was not a bad race. Also with the tyre destroyed and the knee slider. Um, happy to finish and finish where I did. Uh, remind everyone what happened with the knee slider first of all what went on there? yeah I mean the tyre started to drop halfway through the race and then um, I went into turn four the fast right and the front was completely gone so I pushed everything I had to save it um, and yeah I used all the slider in like two corners later to try and save the front tyre take some weight off it so then I had no front tyre no slider so I was running out of solutions to, to, to make the right corners uh, your progression's really interesting this season. I know things didn't work out last weekend, but you feel it's happening for you. Are you feeling that, that positivity yourself? Yeah, but I feel like because I'm learning quite a lot. You know, I learned a bit more then. You know, I said before the race, top eight, don't make a mistake in the beginning of the race and try and hold the guys. Didn't make the mistake this time. I held the guys for a little bit. Um, just I lost in the last two sectors, which in the race, I didn't want to try and find the time. I would just let it be. Um, and it was good, and we made the best result of the season so far. How do you feel about Turn 1? Hodgie was doing some analysis there. You know, Colin doesn't like it. What are your mm. thoughts? Turn 1, I really like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to say it's a horrible corner. No, <laughs> to be honest, it's different. It's, you, it's like a marmite. You either love it or you hate it. Um, and I really like it because you've got the uphill, the force on the tyre. Um, but it's just getting the right line, and my line's quite early, so I'm in a good angle. I know some people, they go out a bit further, like Michaeli when he crashed. Um, but for me, I really like it up, turn, back down again. We saw a lot of riders crash there, and I didn't know if it was a combination of the nature of that corner, but also the front tyre. Like you say, obviously, you're having issues with the front tyres. Um, I did try the, the medium front earlier the weekend, and also in the warm-up, because I had to use bike too, but... The feeling was okay, but was more movement. So I thought in the race, if it's going to have more movement, it's going to tear more. Um, that's the reason I stayed with the soft, and ideally, if I went with medium, probably would have been better. Scott, can you ask some, uh, answer some of the questions we had in here? This comes from Michelle Buckley. She says, is this a tyre problem or a mistake by the riders? Chelly Buckley is her Twitter name. Of what? What? Is it a tyre problem with these crashes or the mistakes uh, by riders, she asked? Uh, it's a bit of both, you know. Riders are still understanding the tyres. Um, and they are changing, they're very sensitive to track condition. If the track drops a little bit, you get a lot of skidding on the front. Rear stays quite consistent, it's mainly the, the, the front tire. Um, 
and sometimes you can feel it happening, but when I tried the hard on the first day, I had no feeling, braking, skidding, I didn't know what was going on. So it's a combination. Guys are pushing in the race, and obviously they do make mistakes, and the, the front tyre is more sensitive this year. You have 10 seconds to answer this one. When riders are going to end the home straight, what exactly do you see on your pit board, and can you read the pit board clearly? That comes from hard to stay away. Uh, yeah, you can read the pit board, and the only thing you tend to see is when the gap's coming down. You don't see when it gets bigger just when they're catching. And how about when the pit, pit crew are screaming for you to slow down or speed up because we saw Paui last week completely ignoring them? Yeah, I saw that. I was also mad about that, what he was doing. But for me, I like when they cheer me on because it's the, the motivation and the drive in the team. So a bit of a rest now for you, Scott. What happens next? Yeah, try and get home and, uh, you know, go see my dogs recover and get ready for Harris. But when you overview the last two weeks, you, you'll be happy enough when you get back, will you? Yeah, I'll be happy. A few ups and downs, but in the end, we finished on a high. OK, that's it from Texas. We'll be back in two weeks' time from Spain for the fourth round of the season at Jerez. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.